You're just very attached to the house. It's not you. You're not calling them. If you think, if somebody's told you that, you're not calling them. It's the house. The house is calling things. Weirdos. On today's episode of Holly Weird Paranormal, we take you with us on an audible paranormal investigation and interview in a haunted home in Huntington Park. For all of you that are not too familiar with this area, Huntington Park is located in South Central Los Angeles, where it's sequestered between Vernon and Commerce. Founded in 1904, Huntington Park has quite a bit of history and quite a bit of haunts, but could it be possible that one of those haunts is located in this particular home? In part one, we sit down with homeowner Hector and his mother Francisca as they recall many occurrences of unexplainable accounts ever since they moved into this location. Joining us on today's interview is our trusted friend and medium, Tanya Mercado, who's been on the podcast several times, and she's also the co-host of Brujo 101 podcast. Alongside with both of us is a podcast friend and filling in for Bryce Mitchell-Williams, our friend, Tim Roddy of the Tim Roddy podcast. Join us as we try to organize the puzzle pieces of our journey to figure out what or who is haunting this Huntington Park home. Is it someone or something within the house that are calling the shots? Or is it the house that is making those calls? We talk about this and so much more on part one of A Haunting in Huntington Park. Let's get Holly Weird in Huntington Park. Picture this, you find a beautiful home that was built in the 20s. It's nestled in a neighborhood with a train-lined street. It sounds like the perfect dream home, right? Well, not for the homeowner of this particular haunted house. Let's set the stage for our story today. It all begins in Huntington Park. Our haunted house sits on a suburban street. In the early 1990s, homeowner Hector buys a home nestled in this neighborhood of Huntington Park, a little one-story Dutch-styled home that was built in 1928. The house was perfect, for it was close enough to his work, stores, and big enough for his large family, made up of his parents and other relatives. Hector and his family loved this house, but little did they know that their peaceful oasis would soon become a hotbed of unexplainable phenomenon. As time went on, strange occurrences began to unsettle them. Items would fly off the shelves, full-body apparitions would appear, Hector's name being called out by a phantom voice, and soon his family would experience the physical aspects of what was lingering within the corners and shadows of this house. They were being grabbed 
and pushed at times by an unseen force. More so the men than the women would feel a threatening presence. Something was definitely amiss. It started with Hector's father who was living at the time, and he was living with his wife, Francisca, inside the house. But something happened to them that they couldn't explain. So let's sit down and hear what Hector and his mom have to say. So start from the beginning. When did you buy the house? How long have you been living here? And how often have you been experiencing things? Um, it doesn't happen as often, but it does. And when something, when it happens, it's, you know, like, wow. Mm -hmm. But it's a hit and miss. People think that it happens every day. It doesn't. Uh, we, we are used to it. Believe it or not, I can't say that I miss it because I travel a lot. But I'm not sure, because I've had an incidents when I'm out. So I'm not sure if it's something's there or follow me. I'm not sure. But yeah, we all been through. My brother, she, he should be home any minute. But he was the most recent one that something happened to him. So okay. So we all have experienced something. So anyone that stays here, um, anyone and everyone who does live here, they do experience something and do, do they hear it and see it or is it one or the other it's one or the other okay um i personally have seen something and i experienced a lot of things mm -hmm. uh, my brother just recently my mom we really don't have we could we come from a big family so we have family in mexicali sacramento Taca. uh -huh. and the well, well they're all they're all dispersed yeah, yeah they're Basically, they're like my mom's cousin, so they really don't come. But uh, they don't like coming here. They stay away, which is nice. But uh, <laughs> no, no, no. The, the I reason, like, the don't blame you. The reason <laughs> I say that is because we have offered our house when they come. Mm -hmm. And we have had family come from Mexicali. And they got spooked. And they're like, nah. They'd rather go stay at my aunt's house. And a small house, a bunch of, they'd rather stay over there. And, wow. Yeah. So we don't have, like, sleepovers? No. People come and visit, yes, like anyone else. But as soon as the sun goes down, like, thank you, bye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, as the reality that it started when my husband died. Yes, he died. Yes, his husband died. Because here is the spirit of a person that makes me like... Debo preguntar si su esposo ya había fallecido. Sí, va a tener, va a tener 30 años el 17 de julio. Pero él fue el primero que se empezó a asustar. Un día yo trabajaba y ven, yo llegué y él siempre, y en la tarde nomás tomaba leche o una avena, ya porque se la estaba acostado. Y ese día llegué y le dije, ¿te doy, traigo un vaso de leche o avena? ¿Qué crees? No, no. Tráeme leche. Y me vine a llevarle el vaso de leche y con un plátano. Cuando llegué para atrás, no me tardé nada. Estaba sentado, con unos ojos que se le querían salir de miedo. <risa> Dijo, ahorita me agarraron los pies. ¿Cómo que te agarraron los pies? Ay, tú estás, estabas soñando. Dijo, no, no me podía mover. Dijo, alguien me agarró los pies. No, 
It says that her husband is the first person who saw something or felt something that he asked her to get her um, a cup of milk before he went to bed. And when she came back, she said she was getting a cup of milk and a banana for him and she didn't spend, it didn't take her a lot of time. And when she came back that he was like, that his eyes were popping out like in a cartoon. And he told her, somebody pulled my feet. So I couldn't get up. So she says her husband who has passed away. Uh, was the first person to experience something. Something in this house. In this house. Uh -huh. Okay. And Hector, you guys, I mean, it was thir it's 30 plus years that you've mm -hmm. been living here. So that's been... And it's like 30 years that your dad has passed away? Uh, yeah. Tiene, mi papá tiene 31 años que falleció, ¿no? No. So ustedes se mudaron aquí y como quien dice como al año falleció su esposo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because okay. you did mention that at night time, the guests kind of feel like it's their time to go. Do you notice that it's different during the day of feeling versus at night? No. It feels the same. Well, we've been here so long. Right. That, uh, how can I explain? It's to us, it's, I guess, like like natural now. Mm -hmm. But for them, I guess they're still scared, you know. Pero mi esposo estaba enfermo, tenía diabetes. Tenía muchas complicaciones del cerebro también. Ya tenía años que no podía trabajar porque parecía que lo miraba, parecía que estaba tomado, que estaba borracho siempre. Se caía Una cosa neurológica. He had an accident when he was young. He oh, fell okay. off a tree in Mexico and he fainted, but back in those days, they're like, yeah, hey, he woke up, he's fine. Walk it off kind yeah. of thing, yeah. But he fell off a tree. Uh, oh. ¿Cómo estaba? estaba alto el árbol cuando se cayó mi papá cuando en México? Guamuchi, ¿sabes lo que es guamuchi? Eso es lo que iba a decir, guamuchi. Son las, como las cosas, como aves que Ajá. se comen. Ajá. Una rosca. Que Ajá. Ya. Yeah. Él se subió y se oh, subió muy alto. alto. Muy alto y se cayó, se quebró la rama. Oh. Y él venía dando vueltas en el viento. That was a very, wow. very... Nomás que al, casi al caer, ya para abajo, tenía una rama tendida. Y ahí quedó él, pero bien desmayado. Wow. Y de ahí le tuvieron pila de complicaciones. Qué suerte que estaba la rama, ¿no? Sí, porque si había caído abajo, había mucha piedra. Oh, mira. Wow. Yo no sé por qué alrededor del gomúsil, del palo le ponen piedra, no sé por qué. Uh -huh. Y esa, esa rama la balanceó a él, que no, no cayó para abajo, si no se mata. Wow. Pero no quedó bien. Tenía muchas complicaciones. Tenía muchas complicaciones. Pobrecito. De primero, uh, ya estaba bien, ya estaban malas. Pero pasó el tiempo y a peor fue. Mm. Y mucho doctor y, y todo. So it's been one complication after another. Probably, physical. I think yeah. she's trying to let you know that the dad's passing had nothing to do with the house. He had complications when he was younger. He fell from a very tall tree mm -hmm. and a branch broke his fall or he would have died. But she says that he hit his head and then he had a lot of neurological issues and they just kept progressing and progressing. Mm -hmm. So that is totally separate from what's going on in the house, you know. That's good to know. That's what she's, she's telling you. Needless to say, Hector and his family, no matter who would stay here, would experience something and they've been experiencing a lot of activity the 30 plus years that they've been living in this location. It was as though the house had a routine. It would just out of nowhere, pick up and ramp out. Then the activity would cease and Hector and his family would experience a period of calm and peace. And then it would pick up again.
It was as though the house was like a memory cassette. A cassette tape playing over and over again in a tape player. The tape player would play the songs and melodies of this cassette tape and play it out to the very end. It would press rewind and experience just a moment of silence before it would press play again on the cassette. Except it was the house that was coordinating everything and rewinding before it would prepare to ramp up again. But the biggest question is, was it the house that was manipulating this play? Or was it something inside the house that was certainly calling the shots? So how does a story in a house like this fall into the lap of Hollywood Paranormal? Well, back in October of 2023, I was invited by the paranormal comedy group Paranormal Gordos that is led by Momo Rodriguez. A part of that group is Hector's cousin, Fernando, who had a lot of experiences in the house. The group invited me to come along to conduct and help coordinate a paranormal investigation. And boy, did we collect quite a bit of information. But it was actually Fernando's accounts that really caught my ear. And this is what he experienced since the very beginning of living in this home. My, my name is Fernando and Hector is my cousin. He's been my cousin my entire life, but I haven't been his cousin his entire life. That's a, that's a cute way to say that he's older. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, I remember, you know, they used, to, they used to live at a different property. Uh, when we were kids, we used to hang out all the time. And it was within walking distance from the house that I live in now, as a matter of fact. So um, I used to walk over there all the time. And then they moved to a different property, uh, which is the property they live in now. And um, so it, I wouldn't go there as often because now it's further. So I would have to wait for mom and dad to visit or drop me off or whatever. Um, and so, you know, at first, at first it's when you're a kid, you know, you don't really, I guess, realize what's going on or the things that you see or, you know, you just kind of think, oh, well, it's, you know something maybe on my eyelash when I turned around and I saw something, you know, whisked by and I thought nothing of it, you know, no big deal. Uh, it wasn't until we were teenagers. I was a teenager. Um, and my mom and my, my aunt, Hector's mom were chit chatting in the, in the kitchen. She was at our house and they were chit chatting in the living room. And my mom you know, she, she, my aunt tells my mom, I guess they had been talking on the phone before because my mom kind of asked, so, you know, is anything, has anything else happened in the house recently? And my aunt said, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And so I was like, well, what happened? And she said that she was ironing clothes and she was alone in the house at the time. And it's, uh, I should say that my my cousin, Hector, and there's uh, three other boys in the house, or not in the house, but three other boys and two girls as siblings. So they have a large family. Mm -hmm. um, but the boys were living there at the time. Uh, the, the girls got married and moved out. The, the boys were living, all living there at the time. So... My aunt said that she was ironing her clothes 
or ironing somebody's clothes, just ironing in her bedroom. Uh, she heard a woman sobbing, crying, coming from the closet. So my aunt was like, okay, that's kind of weird. And then she said the TV turned off. So at that point, my aunt was like, okay. She unplugged her iron, put it upright so that it wouldn't burn anything, and just simply walked out of the house and was sitting outside until one of the boys came home. And she's like, I'm not going back in alone. You know, I'm simply not going back in alone. So one of the boys showed up and they're like, mom, what are you doing here? You know, out, outside. And she told that story. And so she's telling the story to my mom. And I was like, whoa, you know, that's, that's kind of crazy. And then that was the first thing I ever heard of something going on in that house was that story that my aunt was telling my mom. And then, you know, after that, I would just always ask myself, you know, every time I saw Hector or Eddie, Eddie's the younger brother. He's closer to my age. Um, you know, every time I saw them, I would, I would ask, I would ask questions, you know, uh, anything weird happened, anything, you know, what's going on. And uh, they would just tell me little stories here and there about, you know, either personal experiences or other people had experiences that they told them about, you know, um, I've had a few experiences, but I can't really pinpoint it and say this, you know, big thing happened to me, you know, yeah. it, for me, it's, you know, walking into the house, getting a chill, you know, that sort of thing. But it could also be, you know, it could be in my head that I know that there's something in this house and I'm getting a chill because maybe I'm just a little nervous to go in the house or I'm actually feeling something, you know? So it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. You know, I've spent the night at that house, um, a few times and, uh, I can't say anything happened except for one time, uh, it this was in the middle of summer. And my, the younger cousin, Eddie, um, he asked me to help him at his job. He was a delivery guy at the time. And he was like, hey, you know, help me out. You know, I, I need some help. There's a lot of packages, whatever. And of course, I'm like, sure. And it was going to be for free. I was just going to help the guy. And, um, but we had, I had to spend the night there because he had to get up at three o'clock in the morning. You know, we had to be out of the house by 4 a.m. So I'm sleeping in the in the room. I'm sleeping on the floor, and it's it, it's right by the door of the attic. So the um, the attic is converted into they divided it in half. Half of the attic is a bedroom, and the That's other the half cow room, right? The cow room, correct? Yes. And so I'm sleeping on the floor, right by the door of the attic, and it's like I said, middle of the summer, and it's it's hot. And all of a sudden, I am freezing for no reason whatsoever, you know, to the point where I was like, hey, you know, I really need a, I really need a bigger blanket here or something. So, you know, I, I got up, you know, I, I like to sleep in my, my boxers, you know, mm -hmm. I got up and I had to find my clothes and put my clothes on because it was just too cold, you know. And Eddie, you know, I looked over at Eddie uh, on his bed and he's 
sound asleep, you know, no big deal for him. But I was like, yo, this is, this is too much, you know? So I, um, I had to get dressed, you know, and sleep in my clothes. And I had a jacket on because I knew we were leaving early, even though it was middle of summer. Um, so I put the jacket on and, uh, and it was okay after that. And then it went away. And that was, that's when I knew it wasn't, it wasn't something like you can easily explain, like maybe, maybe there was a draft or something, mm-hmm. you know, because then I got dressed, I had my jacket on and I figured, well, you know, we got to get up at three o'clock in the morning anyway. It was already like, a, you know, one thirty, almost two o'clock in the morning. So I'll just be dressed when we get, when we get up, I'll, I'll be ready to go. But it didn't last long. It only lasted for about 20 minutes. And then I had to get undressed again because then it was just too hot. Right. So so it was that imbalance, you know, where it was um it wasn't a little thing, it was an extreme cold. And then it went away and it was back to you know, a summer night, a warm summer night. So um yeah, that was weird. You know, that was weird to me, you know. So um I don't know if you've spoken I, I guess you've spoken to Hector about you know, the investigations or they've had people show up to the house to try to clean the house. Um, as they say, you know, in Spanish, una limpia, they've had, I think they had a priest or something come by or um, somebody to come by and clean the house. Did you notice if that energy got worse after the priest tried to bless the house or was it pretty stagnant? I mean, was it the same? You know, I I think it's pretty much the same. Okay. I think it's pretty much the same. I don't know if it got worse after. Um, one of the stories that I heard, I don't know if Hector told you this. I don't want to repeat things if you've already heard all this stuff. But they had a they had an African gray. They had a, a parrot. And this is another story that my aunt told my mom. And so. I remember they they would always they've always had birds. My aunt loves birds and and dogs. They've always had a dog or two. And the one of the birds died, just passed away. Now these African uh greys are you know, they they're famous for their longevity. They have life long lifespans. Sometimes they outlive us. They have like a 70-year lifespan. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. And they're they're very smart birds. They, you know, they talk and very, uh, very smart birds. Well, it died. And, you know, unfortunately, people die, pets die. This is just the way it is. So they didn't think anything of it. But when they had one of these, um, you know, people to come in to, to clean the house, um, he asked them about a pet. And, you know, and he, he asked them, did a pet recently die in this house? And so my aunt said, yes. Um, you know, we had an African gray and it just, you know, it just died. It just fell off the stoop one day and it just, you know, that was it. And that the, the guy who was doing the limpia, actually, I don't know if it was a, a man or a woman, uh, told them that it was either the bird or one of the boys 
that whatever spirit was in there made a choice. It was the bird or one of them. And, you know, and I thought, well, at this point, why don't you leave? You need to get out of that house. Um, because there have been, you know, uh, I'm sure Hector told you about the physical attacks. You know, he's had physical attacks. And that is, you know, that is more than just, you know, seeing things or, you know, whatever. This is, this is more than that. You know, now, I don't know if there have been any physical attacks lately. I'm sure that, actually, it wasn't long ago when I spoke to Hector and he told me that, um, that somebody yanked the, the blankets right off of his bed. You know, this was, wasn't long ago. Now, when um, you say um, physical attacks, like what kind of attack? Like, is it pushing, punching, hitting, scratching? It was, um, for Hector, it was somebody was pushing his head down onto the pillow. Um, and he, he thought, did, he didn't tell you this story? Um, he you didn't know? tell us about the head on the pillow, but he told us about the woman coming into bed with him. Oh, yeah. And yeah. He that's... has mentioned that people have been grabbed. They've been pushed. They've yeah. been shoved. Um, some women have been fondled as well. Yeah, I've heard that, too. Um, so um, when he was physically attacked, he was in his bedroom. He was in the cow room. And he, at the time, shared the bedroom with uh, his younger brother, Eddie. And so he was home and Eddie was out. So Eddie wasn't home. And he said he heard someone coming up the stairs. And you remember the stairs, they were very steep. Very, very so, steep. Yeah, so he, he heard someone coming up the stairs. So he thought, okay, Eddie's home. You know, that's great. Um, he heard someone open the door. And so he thought nothing of it. But then, you know, someone jumped on him and was pushing his head down onto the pillow. And he said it was physical, like somebody jumped on top of him. He could feel the weight. And he thought, oh, this is, you know, it's Eddie. It's his younger brother screwing around. Right. So, of course, he was, you know, he used some foul language, you know, get the F off of me, mother ever or whatever. And then he, you know, when he got, when he felt the pressure, you know, lift, he got up to confront him and there was no one there. So then he went downstairs. Now there's, again, you saw those stairs. There's no way somebody jumped on top of him and then ran down the stairs. Yeah. You know, impossible. Yeah, they're dangerous. Yeah. So he, but he went downstairs and he looked out the window uh, of the kitchen to, you know, they have a view of the driveway to see if Eddie was there and his car wasn't there yet and the doors were locked. So it wasn't Eddie. He just, you know, he wasn't there. So that was, you know, when he told me that story, I was like, dude, you guys, you guys have to move out of that house, you know, because of the physical attacks. And yeah, there have been, uh, I've heard that, you know, people have been shoved um, you know, my, my older brother, um, we were there one time watching a, um, 
a boxing match. We would go to their house all the time to watch, you know, the boxing matches. They um they would always have all the big pay-per-view fights at their house. So we would just, you know, go out and hang out with the family, watch the fight. My older brother was sitting in a reclining chair one time and um he felt he again he thought someone was messing around with him. You know, because all the cousins are there and friends are there, you know. Uh, he felt someone push the chair back, like to try to knock him off the chair. Um, and so, you know, he laughed because he thought, you know, hey, you guys, but there was no one behind him. You know, and so um, he mentioned that, but he doesn't, you, you know, I I told him, I said, well, you know, jokingly, I'm like, well, maybe it was the ghost. He goes, no, I don't think so. But there was no one there, you know. So when I told him that, you know, he, he kind of just stayed quiet and never mentioned it again, you know. But uh, yeah, that did happen to, to my yeah. brothers. Uh, and and I know that we've we've covered this before, as far as you know, um, the other you know mediums that have been to the house or curanderos or whatever you want to call them in Spanish. Um, we were told there were three three spirits at that house uh, a man a woman and a child all three were unrelated to each other this is what we were told i don't know yeah that they're not related to each other and the woman and the child are harmless you know they're just there existing but that the the man for whatever reason was angry Those are some pretty intense accounts and experiences. One or many of you might lean towards the fact that this is something evil and demonic, but we truly don't know what we're dealing with in this location. No one really does. But it all circles back to three entities. And you'll hear from Tanya's reading that she makes those accounts. They're a party of three, a man, a woman, and a child, all disconnected. They're not related. But keep in mind, too, from our past episodes, specifically the one of the Queen Mary, when we sat down with paranormal researcher and investigator Becca Knight, she mentioned something very interesting. Death doesn't make an angel. And we'll learn that one of the former tenants of this home is very angry and has returned to his dwelling. But we need to dig deeper. We need to organize these pieces of a puzzle. You see, when I first set foot in this house, there was something about it that appealed to me. Upon setting my foot past the front door, I felt an overwhelming feeling that something was there and it needed someone to listen. It needed to guide someone. I remember being pulled to certain areas of the home, especially the garage in the back. Hector followed me and asked if I saw anything. Now, I'm not a medium or psychic by any means, but the more I've been investigating locations, the more I start to see, smell, and hear things. Sometimes I see words, and other times I see pictures or get a whiff of an aroma. But this house wasn't doing anything like that. It was pulling me to areas where Hector and his family experienced the most activity. The garage was one of the places where Hector would notice the lights turning on and off by themselves along with the doors opening and closing on their own. 
The investigation ended with an Estes session in the living room, with me acting as the receiver and the guys from Paranormal Gordos acting as the sender. The feeling that I got were several entities coming and fighting for the mic. A woman and a man, they were angry, but not at me. They were angry at each other. They were fighting for control and they made their presence very known to me during that session. But what really intrigued me more about this specific house and this specific family is that Hector and his family are just trying to learn how to coexist with whatever is there. They just needed answers and Hector needed help. That's when I reached out to Tanya Mercado, practicing Santera and medium. She's also the owner of the online shop Ashe Imports and co-host of the podcast Brujo 101 that she hosts with her close amigo, comedian Martin Moreno. You may have remembered her from past investigations, such as the East West Players Theater. She's the real deal. She's no bullshit. And she gets straight to the point with her readings. Since Bryce couldn't join us due to a conflict in his schedule, filling in for him was our friend Tim Roddy of the Tim Roddy Podcast. You may have remembered him from our Beverly Center mall haunting episodes, and he's currently covering and researching that story. He's pretty empathic, honest, and open. Both would be perfect for tonight's interview, walk through an investigation. We prepared to meet at Hector's on a Saturday night at 7 p.m. As I would arrive a little early to prepare and greet Hector while waiting, something weird happened. I can't explain it, but it just didn't seem to feel right here. This is what I experienced. Well, that is weird. I just arrived to Hector's place and uh, Tanya uh, was trying to call after I was talking to Hector and his mother for 15 minutes and something would not let me answer this phone call. And now Tanya is about to pull up. It was the strangest occurrence I was able to answer and make calls out of Hector's house before, and I never had a problem. But why this call? Why Tanya? Hector even witnessed me trying to answer all three of her missed calls, but the screen just froze. I could see her calling, but it wasn't allowing me to answer or pick up her calls. As I approached Tanya coming out of her car, she instantly knew that something was wrong and I told her about the phone calls, and she wasn't surprised. And she'll go into it further within the readings of this location. It was the oddest thing. I felt that this house really had a lot to say, but there was someone or something there that was preventing that from happening. Tim soon shows up after Tanya. We all go in, sit around Hector's kitchen table, and meet with his mother. We all break the ice and enjoy pizza that he ordered to get the basics out of the way. I swear, pizza pairs very well with everything, especially a few ghost stories. Now it was time for Tanya and Tim to do their walkthroughs. Now let me set the stage for you, dear listeners, of how I like to conduct these paranormal investigations. Eliminating bias is key as we've seen this come into light with the introduction of the Estes session that was created by Connor Randall, Michelle Tate, and Carl Pfeiffer. My approach for conducting paranormal investigations is the same approach that I use when I coordinated the walkthrough at East West Players Theater. Invite two individuals, one medium and one person without any mediumship abilities who have no biases or any information of the location. They're walking in completely cold. 
Now, another set of the rules is they could walk in and do the walkthrough at the same time, but they cannot speak to one another or share anything with one another until we reconvene for the second part of our interview for our post-mortem. It gives me a way to see how both accounts parallel, if they do, and they most likely did. Here is what they had to say. I started here... Um... And I do feel like I am to some extent, but I think sometimes we question it. You know, we always question our abilities. Um, I immediately felt drawn to this direction, almost towards the entrance of the home. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something about the architecture, like kind of looking up that I felt drawn to. Um, yeah, more so like the entrance to the right side, like if you're walking in on the right side. Um And I just like almost felt like I just wanted to stare and kind of just get lost in that. Mm-hmm. But it also resonated with me like something needed to be said. Like people wanted to express themselves to some extent. Like it just, I kind of felt something in my throat like the truth needs to come out. People need to share something. It's almost like it was kind of like this mental box of thinking a certain type of way um, that they couldn't really express what they needed to express. So that was the main spot that I felt drawn to. And then afterwards... I guess the second spot that I felt the most was going upstairs yeah. to the cow room, um, which I love that. That was such an awesome <laughs> room. And I love your house. Um, but going upstairs, it was so weird because I felt the energy that was kind of in my throat go up to my head. And it was more of like a confused energy. That is really interesting. Okay. And I just felt like more of just like questioning not paranoia because that sounds a little extreme but more just a confusion manic energy of not knowing where to go or what what to do so those were kind of just the two that I felt as I was walking through in the the areas so Hector just um do you agree with what he's saying like especially with those two areas I don't know about this side but (laughs) upstairs yes okay so I have experienced stuff up there which I'll let you guys know later. I don't know. When I came in, I felt the energy of kids. I don't know what is going on with kids here, but kids. And then I felt a woman, the presence of a woman. Um, I also felt the presence of your father. Okay. I don't know if how his passing was, but I feel like he got sick here and then he passed. I don't know if the ambulance came to take him. I don't know what happened. But there was, I feel the presence of your father, not in a bad way, but just as a lingering way. I'm almost positive that your mother and your father were the only people they ever mm-hmm. married. They were together very young. Um, I also feel the presence of a, an older woman with your mother. I think it's her mother. Somebody who was very religious. Yes. So I want to tell, your mom speaks English or just Spanish? Just Spanish. Yo siento la presencia de una señora que me dice que es su mamá, que era muy religiosa, una persona religiosa en su familia. Usted tiene conocimiento si su mamá era religiosa, religión de, de, de uh, católica. Pero ya muerta. Ya muerta, señora, ya muerta. Sí, una tía, tía abuela, una abuelita, alguien que está con usted. No es malo, es una persona que está con usted, que era una persona religiosa. Mi mamá era religiosa, pero tengo una hermana que ella es muy religiosa, pero ella no se muerta. No, muerta. sería su mamá. Es no, mi su, no, su, no, su, no su hermana, sería su mamá. 
yo diría que esa persona era muy devota como una virgen o algo. San Ju había algo que ella creía mucho. En, hay gente que cree mucho en la Virgen de Guadalupe. Que cree, okay. So to translate this conversation really quickly between Tanya and Hector's mother, Tanya instantly picked up on several family members, family spirits that currently surround Hector and his mother, Francisca. Of course, one of them being Hector's father, Caesar. Now, another thing that Tanya is also picking up in her reading is Francisca's mother, who was very religious and very Catholic. Tanya also picked up on vigils that Francisca had by her bedside. She would read them and recite them in honor of her mom, but also to give her protection and strength for whatever was going on in the house whenever the house would ramp up. But these were also vigils that her mother had given her before her passing, too. Another thing that Tanya wanted to confirm with Francisca is that Caesar is not behind all the hauntings. As a matter of fact, it's someone else that is behind them. And it had confirmed a lot of what Francisca was going through in the house. Things being pulled and pushed off the shelves, seeing things in the corner of her eye. But then she recalls a time when the neighbors that used to live next door to them recalled a family that used to live there. A father, a son, and a stepmother. Something happened to the son, a horrible accident that left him paralyzed. And then following suit after that, he ends up being kicked out of the house or moving out of the house and ends up living in a van until he met his tragic end. We'll go into that later on as Tanya recalls many other things that came along to her during her walkthrough. So when I came into the house, when I was outside of the house, when we were talking, I was like, oh, it's crazy. So then when I came into the house and I saw and when I, I went outside, there's a, a little window, right? Off the, there's two windows, yes. but the one all the way to the right, the smallest one, I think it's the smallest one, right? The one on the right. There was something there looking at me. So I was like, I'm just here to explain who you are and what you want. Like, because they want you to calm down is what I'm assuming. Um, so I don't want to kick you out because it, it was very like um, abrasive. Yeah. Like it's my house. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it is your house. I'm just visiting, mm -hmm. but it's their house. Yeah. So we're just trying to figure out what you want. And then it was like a little shadow. And then in the part that you said, I know what you're talking about. It's like the walkway and that little space in between, right? That little, like when you went out the front door, that little space, something hangs out there. Yeah, it's, 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 it's I don't know how to explain it, but it's a, it's a different feeling when you cross that threshold. Something there. hangs out there because my, uh, my heart rate starts going faster. Something hangs out there. And then in your room, that's, is that your room? The one upstairs? Is the cow room? That's not your cow room. That's not where you stay. It used to be my room, it but now it's my brother's. Your brother's okay. In the cow room, there's something going on in the cow room. Um, um, I'm going to venture to say that that's the brother who something happened to. The last thing, the last thing that happened. Whatever's in there likes to like pull and grab you and pull. So there's something in there. What I'm trying to figure out if it's the same thing that's just moving into different rooms, having different energy. But whose room is this where the cat's on the bed? My mom's. Um, is that the last place your dad was before he... Yes. Yeah, his presence is really heavy in that room. Okay. But that's not bad. That's good. That's good. That's not bad because he just wants to be with you. Your mom is sometimes by herself a lot. Mm -hmm. So he's here because she's by herself a lot. 
and you see your mom very strong but she thinks she's stronger than what she is and she has to be careful especially walking we know that yeah so you have to be careful with her walking but your dad's presence is there not in a bad way he's just watching over her the way that he makes me think is like that was the love of his life it was so I don't want to make her sad by telling her. I don't know. Do you do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. Later, yeah. I don't yeah, want her. To, later. I don't want her to be sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, but there's something happening in that room, and then, what was this house before? This house was something else. They keep telling me this house was something else. So I can't find anything in the paperwork, but somebody did die in this location in 1948. Was it a woman? It was a man. Okay. I won't disclose the information of how he died. It just, he died on March the 9th, 1948. Okay. He was 37 years old and they found him in the house deceased. Well, I was young. Now, when, 37. after he passes, another family moves in, mm -hmm. nothing happens. The daughter is a <clears throat> straight A student. And back then, if your daughter or son was going to college, it was all over the local paper. Okay. So that was another article I found was another family that lived here. The gentleman, last name Sears, no relation to the department store, was the first family to live here. But it was the first person to die on the property. The man named Sears? Yes. And then not too far away from here, there's also a TB hospital that was built several blocks away from this location. So, of course, as we know, during that, um, that time and that era of tuberculosis, there were a lot of hospitals built specifically here in California and Los Angeles. Huntington Park being one of those locations that had a hospital. And your house is actually three to four blocks away from that location. This way or this? This way. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I see kids. I don't know if they're... But, but I don't know how to explain. I, I think your family's big and there's kids. But these kids are not dressed like right now kids. These are kids from before. What, the 40s or 50s? Like the 40s, 50s, maybe 60s from before. Um... For some reason, this house has uh, kept a lot of memories. So there's a lot of different spirits in this house because, sadly, various people have passed away. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, various people have been ill. So the house is keeping those memories. I think that you go along, you can go a long time without anything happening. Mm -hmm. And then it ramps up. And then it doesn't stop for a little bit. And then it goes a long time without nothing happening. Like they take a break. They take a break and then it happens again. And I would say for the most part, things don't happen to your mom. I think that they, that that's not whose attention they're trying to get. Yours, maybe your brother's. Um, but definitely there's people who are, who they're pushing your buttons more and it's not your mom. No. Uh, my niece lives here too, and okay. she's never experienced anything, which we are very Thanks. grateful for now. <laughs> because, you know, she's about 17, I believe. Oh, okay. So she's young. And, uh, but more of my, myself and my brother. You and your brother. Yeah, it has something with the men, right, in this house. <clears throat> I don't know what it is. Uh, I've never done anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, what the heck is it with me? Yeah, so... It's not that you've done anything wrong. I think they're trying to get your attention. They have it, but... The problem is, when they get it, they're not very nice. That's the problem. You know, they're like, they come with a, with a force, like. I think what you need to do, my opinion, is you need to give them a position. Their position is no longer the owner of the house. That's what they think the position is, okay? I'm going to tell you. They think that they run it. They think they're running the show. Well, the reason they run is because we don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, of course. How are so, we supposed yeah. to do it? 
it's like anything else. When you live with someone, you have to find the common ground uh -huh. to get around with. Of course. But at least you talk to that person. Mm -hmm. In this case, you know. Yeah. Ignoring it's not going to work. No. Don't ever believe somebody who's like, ignore it, it'll go away. That's not true. No, I understand. It's not going to go away. It makes it even worse sometimes. Because they want your attention. So, um, I'm going to give you something that's very easy to do that's going to help. Okay. You're going to get a glass, like a glass, <coughs> clear glass. Put it under the bed? No, you're going to fill it with cold water and you're going to put it outside the front door with a candle. Outside? Outside, on the steps, with okay. a candle. And say, I'm giving you light and I'm giving you, you can say it in English or Spanish, and this water... Because you're going to live outside now. I'm going to give you the attention you want, but you have to live outside. Now, quick question. When you say, oh, uh, I have to do that every day or just... So you should do it like once a week, once a week. And within that once a week, let's say you're going to do it Mondays, right? Try to keep it the same day as often as you okay. can. So you're going to go Monday and that day, let's say, whoever cooked, you're going to put food outside. And you're going to tell them with the plate, I'm bringing you food outside, but you're going to live outside. I'm going to live inside. You're going to live out. But I'm going to attend you. So you're making a pact to attend him. But now, is that work for all the spirits that are here? That's, or just for the one that's... Uh... So it just depends. Because if they're looking for light, they're all going to latch on to the situation. Right? The, your dad is always going to be around. The spirits that are already with you that are your family members, they're going to stay. Okay. Because they're your family members. There are other things you can do for them. But the spirits that are not family, you say not wanted. <laughs> I was going to say not wanted. That are not family members. We have to take them outside, so that they what they don't want to do is be kicked off the property. Because what happens is this is the last memory that they have. Mm. They they don't know where to go. You know, I don't mind if they stay here. It's just that we have to live in peace. Yeah. We have to find the the common a, ground. A common right? Ground. That's not going to happen because they are undeveloped. So you have to take him out, especially the man. There's a man here. He's the one who gets mad. So yeah, you, he's you the violent one. yeah, you have to take him out because he'll push, he'll pull, he'll throw things, because he has no other way to get your attention. You have to take him outside because if not, you're not going to be able to have rest, in the sense where it's going to be four months of nothing, two months of craziness. Yeah, four months of nothing, two months of craziness. So try to take him outside. Because at least that way, he knows that you're not trying to get rid of him. They're just very attached to the house. It's not you. You're not calling them. If you think, if somebody's told you that, you're not calling no. them. It's the house. The house is calling things. So, do you feel like uh, they don't want us here? No, I think they're fine with you here. But I think that they feel like this is still their home. They think that you're the, to make it easier, they think you're the tenant and they're the landlord. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. So you changed the kitchen, right? You updated the kitchen. Yeah. I don't like that. Not me. Them. I don't like that because it doesn't look like the house I left. I don't like that. It will take you a long time to do repairs to this house. Something will always come up. Yeah. I was going to paint the living room, but you know what? No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it doesn't happen. Because Be of that? Because Partially because of that and partially your procrastination, obviously. But... It's a lot of them. They don't want changes. They don't like changes. Because then they don't recognize it. It's like if I took you, you were born in a home, you lived there all your life, and then I took you away, and then I brought you back, and everything was different. Yeah. You're uncomfortable. 
One, you pass tragically. You don't know what's going on. Two, the house changes. And now I'm more uncomfortable. So that's why I asked you, what have you done to the house? Because they get like very territorial of how but the house is not theirs. And the house cannot stay the way it looked in the 30s. This yeah. is not going to work, right? So that's why you have to give them a position. Give them a position outside. And that's why I told your mom to keep doing what she does with the Vied and with her, what she believes. Because those are her spirit guides coming in to tell her what to do to keep her okay. Even maybe she doesn't realize it, but we call those like spiritual inheritances. And they're, all that is what's keeping her okay. Okay. Now, so we hear so many things. People tell you, oh, this is because, you know, people tell me, hey, when they scare you, try to talk to them. Try, you know, you freeze. And it's not because we're afraid. It's just your body goes into mm -hmm. shock. And they keep on telling me, they're trying to leave you where there's money. I don't think there's money here. We would have found out already. Because they're trying to, you know, people are trying to tell us that uh, there's money somewhere in this house. and they're Like in the to, backyard, buried yeah, in the either, attic. Either they're trying to lead us to it or they're trying to like scare us away from it. So I don't think there's money here. Or gold or anything like that. But you know people, because they never experienced something like that. Mm -hmm. If they're trying to lead you to something, you, I feel like you would have found it. Exactly. Um, I only know one person who they led them to gold. I do know somebody, but it was in Mexico. Okay. She, it was, and that house had a direct line to during the Adelitas and Pancho Villa. Okay. And she would stand at her window and she would always hear somebody calling her. And then I went to her house and I told her, dig up your backyard. And she found gold. That's amazing. Wow. And she found gold. The That's the only person that it's ever, I've been like, something's back there. I have had people find things that are not gold or money, but different articles, clothing, shoes on the walls, different things that people had left. But I don't think that's what it is. I think these spirits are trying to communicate with you to let you know that they don't want to be pushed out. And I think as much as you want to live in harmony i they do too but they don't know how Cause, yeah because you know it, it is true with you uh you just said something that it's true but now i know when you said that now i now i get it we do want them out because they've been violent mm -hmm. so to us we're trying to find a way if they're gonna stay like that it's like you have a bad tenant Okay, you need to get them out. Either they're going to straighten out or you're going to kick them out. Same thing here. But if we could come to, like I said, an agreement where I want to be... Harmonious. Exactly. I want to go to sleep and wake up at the time I want to wake up. Not when I hear something or when I get hit. Mm -hmm. and that's not the way to communicate with someone. Of course. Because in that... I mean, you have to sleep with one, one eye open. For sure, and it's not good for you. I think part of it, we're going to try putting the cup of water outside. You have to try that for a month at least. Okay. If that doesn't work... Once a week. Once a week, same day of the week. Okay, but you just said something very uh, important. And how do we know when it's... Let's say we do it for a month. But there's times that we go through sometimes months, nothing no, happens. No, no, no. You're going to do it for a month and tell us how it went. But this is something you're going to have to do forever. It's not a oh. month thing. It's a forever thing. Because they want to make a pact with you. 
So this is like the way that we see it in our in our beliefs. It says un buen amigo no se olvida. So we have to show them that you're not forgetting. So you start it every day, every day, every every week, once a week, same day. The next month you're gonna do once every other week, and that's how you're gonna leave it for the rest of the year. Once every other week, once every. But you're gonna be consistent. If right you're out, right, right outside in the front, if you're traveling, your brother's gonna do it. Okay. Don't let it drop off because you're making a pact with them. If time passes, let's say that you start. It's January, April. You're like Tammy. They push me off the bed. Then we have to go to Plan B. Okay, I see what you're saying. Do you see what I'm saying? Because they want a position. The other thing that's happening here is that you have a lot of family spirits in this house. Your father, your mother's mother. There's a lot of family spirits here too. I don't know why. I mean, I'm your father obviously and then your mother's mother. But there's a lot of people from your mother's side, I want to say, that are with you. Um, so there's also that. So everybody's trying to kind of get position here. Do you cannot you, leave dirty dishes in your sink when you go to bed. Now, do you see someone next to me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he ex he has experiences at night. And um, do you want to... I... I you want to you want to read me? <laughs> you're so funny. Uh, I mean, you're so funny. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell you because don't tell people, me. Don't tell me yet. No, no. Because I, when I have said this to people, uh -huh. they don't believe me. Okay. And I want to see if you see that. Let me let me see. Que usted está muy protegida y bendecida por su madre, por su esposo. Y esos espíritus, aunque vamos a decir que su mamá no fue perfecta, señora. Pero ahora ella la quiere bendecir con una bendición. Y quiere ayudarla a usted. Para que viva muchos años con, con lo más salud posible. Y su esposo está con usted. Le dije en su cuarto que sentí paz en su cuarto con usted. So usted no se preocupe, usted va a estar bien. Nada más no pueden dejar... Um, you can't leave dirty dishes in your sink. We know. <laughs> because, did, did they tell you why? No. Okay, you can't leave dirty dishes in your sink because when they're spirits that have nowhere to go, they cling to things that are messy. You cannot have clothes thrown in a bundle before you wash them. You cannot have things, if there's things you have to throw away that are broken, throw them away. Clutter, disorder, things like that. Spirits that have no home are going to cling to those things. Oh. So don't, especially you that you have already a haunting here, don't leave dishes in your sink. No, we don't. They think it's an offering. Oh, they don't know the difference. Let so, them lick them. <laughs> they, they think it's an offering. So you know how I told you take it yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. like, oh, this is here. It must be for us. He wants us to stay. He's giving us this, right? But then it and then it develops into why isn't he attending us? And he just throws our food there. So that's when they start moving or throwing mm -hmm. things around. They, there's no concept when people pass away so suddenly. It takes them a while to figure out what has happened. And this is the sun, right? Um, I, from what I gathered from you talking to um, his mom, that it was the son that died tragically in an accident. So she right? says that the neighbor told her there was a Greek family who lived here. Who, no, next door. Oh, oh they they're all, our neighbors. Okay, that he went to USC, right? It was USC, I believe. Or UCLA. We're, not, we're not really sure. And he got hurt. Yeah, we're not sure if it was a gymnastic accident or football, but he wasn't 
one of the sports, and he got he got paralyzed. Mm. So they knew them. So when we moved in, it was funny because the day we moved in, we had all, which most of them are not here no more. They would come, and they wanted to know about the house because the man that used to live here didn't want no one in the yard. And back in those days, this street kids, there was a lot of kids. Actually, they were my age, which I didn't grow up with them. Mm-hmm. But they were all playing in the streets and all that. And it was funny that day we kept on getting people coming in. Some of them all went to high school. They wanted to know about the house. They were like, it's just a regular house. Mm-hmm. I guess it wasn't. But we're not sure. Well, I also think that there was like a lot of suffering in this house. <clears throat> not from your family, mm-hmm. but like a lot of suffering. So that ties into what his what your mom was explaining to us, right? That the son somehow got paralyzed and then the man remarried, right? And the wife didn't want the son. Yeah, we don't... They bought him a like a, a van, like a yeah. sprinter van, mm-hmm. and he would sleep in the van, parked at the Target um, on Firestone. A trailer hit him. It caught the van on fire and he died. Oh, so tragic. That's what I caught too. Yeah. So that spirit is going to come back here. Yeah. We believe that's a man. He mm-hmm. he doesn't know anywhere else. Yeah, because he kept on trying to come back and he was getting locked out. So we believe that's him. Mm-hmm. And you know what you said earlier when you came in? You saw a man up uh-huh. there. So one day, I have a friend, a mechanic. He's my mechanic. I remember this story. And uh, so he came by. He was going to do something. But the neighbor called him because he wanted to give him a, an estimate on a car. So I go, okay, I'll be eating. So when you're ready, he goes, all right. So I can see from the window, and he's outside talking to the man, looking this way, and he's waving up there. He's waving, and when he came, when he came, when I saw him coming in, I mean, coming across the street, I walked out, and then Miss Fernando, and he looked at me, he goes, dude, he goes, I saw you up there, you're quick. And I go, up there? He goes, yeah, I saw you waving at me, going like this. I go, no. I was sitting here watching you talking to the neighbor. He goes, no. I go, I saw you up there. He said he, he only saw from, you know, he couldn't see from the forehead up. It's just the eyes. But he said he was waving, like saying, hurry up. And I told him, no. He got in his car and left. <laughs> well, when I saw, when I first saw it, I said, is there somebody? Like, even I had to step back. And it was funny because I stepped on the grass. And that's funny you say they didn't like people in the lawn. Because when I stepped on the grass, I was like, oh, I better not step on the grass. And I don't know why I felt that. And then I stepped on the cement. I was like, why? Don't I know why? And then I stepped on the grass again. I was like, what? And then I saw, and I was like, is that? I go, oh, that's not a breathing person. That's like a spirit. Because then I was like, how's he going to be up there? That doesn't make sense. You could walk up there. Man. Oh, okay. Um, but like I said. But the way I saw him, it's a little space, right? It's yeah. Like, the way I saw him was like, it wasn't a little space. Like, it was like, sit, like, sit, like I saw his silhouette. And then he turned. And I say he because it felt like a male. And he turned and he looked at me. And then he was kind of like, what are you doing here? And then that's when I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just here to figure out what you want so that you can stop. Do they tell you what they want? They tell me what they want to a certain extent because this is an open reading. Um, so what happens with me is I pick up on a lot of things. So like I pick up on your dad. I pick up on your mom's stuff. I pick up on stuff for him. I pick up on stuff for you, for Tammy. Because it's not a focused reading for me. So um, they'll tell me enough so that I know that they want attention. I And that's why I go to things where do this that has worked and let's try that. If that doesn't work, we'll have to do something else. 
because at I'm trying to go like the most peaceful route possible, right? Okay. We're not going to evict anybody. We're just going to take you outside. If it continues, then we would have to do something else to get rid of it, you know, which we don't want to get rid of him. We just want him to take his position, taking care of the house in the front. So when we say him, we're talking about he's the, the worst one. He's the one that's in control right now. He's hmm. the one. There's always a spirit who's going to be like the mastermind. Because, uh, so we're not sure who's in control. Remember what we went through? Yeah. So when I was doing the Esta session last time I was here, there were two voices coming through. It was a man and a woman. There's a woman here too. And yeah. the woman was like, I'm the lady of the house. And I run this place. I run Like, I run this bitch. And there's this gentleman that kept on cutting through. And he was very mad and aggressive. And I thought it was towards me, but it sounded like a fight. Between them two. Between yeah. them two. And it was like a struggle. Like, no, I got the <clears throat> mic. No, it's my mic. No, it, but it just felt like there was so much more there. And I don't know if they were connected, but now they're not connected. It's it's this power struggle between whatever beings are here. And you have a very strong connection to something here that keeps on calling your name, right? So, Hector... But you don't think it's your father? No, it's a woman. It's a woman. Okay, I just want to just... Throw out that it's not your dad, right? Now, do you want me to say what what happened? Or no? Or you want to keep on? I'm almost inclined. I don't know why they're telling. Where's the shower here? Okay. I don't know if... Like right now that we're talking about her, I see like a woman, but it's like a very willow, like it doesn't give like a definition, the figure. It's like, you know, when it almost looks like it's floating. Mm -hmm. And I saw somebody walk in front of a bathroom, like in front of a shower. I don't know. Um, I don't know what she tells you, but is it almost like in a flirtatious manner? <laughs> Big time. Okay. Is it almost like in a, like a, hey, like very flirtatious, like a something? Think, you know... After when they came, I believe like she has a hot for me. I'm not really sure. I mean, it sounds funny. No, that's why I said it's a flirtatious. Big time. Because I was going to tell you, be careful in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not just in the shower. Hector, do you want to elaborate what happens in the bed? She slept with me like, I want to say three times already. But I mean, don't. I understand. What I'm asleep and all of a sudden you feel that presence coming, coming. And I, I mean, I wake up and I can't move. And it's a woman because she's very soft. She she basically touches me. And then I... And that's it. And then she goes up. One time, uh, I have a... Well, not no more, but I had a brand new king-size bed. And sturdy as hell. And when the first time that it happened, I felt that presence go up and the bed just caved in. So I had a hard time getting out. Two in the morning. It was around this time, the winter time. So... Cold. I got out. I had to like wiggle my butt Way out, out uh -huh. through the back. And I was like, what do I do now? You know, I was, first of all, I didn't know what had happened. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I went and I told him, hey, my bed broke. He goes, what the heck? It's a brand new bed. It's sturdy. They right away asked me if I was having rough sex. No. <laughs> was I jumping on it? No. I couldn't tell him what happened. Yeah, you're like, I have a ghost. Yeah. They were going to laugh. And 
Yeah, there's been like three times that. That's why I asked if it was flirtatious, and that because I saw a shower. I didn't go into your restroom here, but I see a shower and a mirror and a toilet. I didn't go into the one here. Now, when you say be careful in the restroom, what are we talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. Just so you could see a shadow, or she could move a curtain, or you could feel something. Something. Uh, to this day, I have never felt anything in the shower. You know, uh, I go in there, take a shower, I shave, I do it with everything else, but. It, it never crosses my mind. Uh, if she's watching, that's a different story. I can't help that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're you know? celestial. I think that what happens here, I think that spirits are like very badly behaved children, to be honest with you. Oh, God, agreed. <laughs> because they have no way to, they have to do things to you. They have to do things to you because there's no other way to talk to you. You're not psychic. It's okay, not going to happen. Why does she keep on calling my name? Because she wants your attention. I tried it that day that we did the reading. Mm -hmm. um, she actually, she even had, she even said, when you remember, she goes, Hector, who loves you? Like, the hell? I don't know. Yeah. So she's it also. It was very endearing. She <laughs> <is>. It was. <laughs> she's also fighting for position with the man. Yes. <laughs> and you mentioned a story about what you heard one night. Can you elaborate on that story about now that she brought up the fighting, what you heard? So I wasn't asleep one day <clears throat> and I heard people like fighting. Like bickering. Big time. And I start, I froze and I woke up and I was like, because I thought it was a neighbor, which they never fight. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but I felt him up here, and I felt like, I guess he was going to come and do something, and she, like, stopped him. But I couldn't hear what they were saying, but bickering. And uh, I was just like, oh, God. You know, like, I froze. And it felt like just, they laughed. And you felt like whatever was fighting was in the room with you. It was in the room. Next to it your was, bed. It was not outside. It was, on, it like, was on top on, of me. On yeah. top of you, like, in yeah. the corner. And it's happened like twice. <laughs> but the sleeping part, um, so that we were going to do that session, but remember? Yeah. They left. The, we had another group that uh -huh. came. They wanted to do that. And I was down. <laughs> you're so uh, funny, Hector. You're like, okay, let's go. <laughs> it's, I like you, Hector. You're like, vamos. <laughs> I know. Let's do it. But they said, no, we'll come another time. And to this day, they've never called. But anyway, um, Maybe they got that day we were here when she said, Hector, who loves you? I don't know, and I, I even asked, come come and, you know, touch me, do something so I know what it is. We asked for the person's name, she wouldn't give it. She's not going to give you her name. No. For sure. You know, she's 27. Oh, Hector, you like him young. All right, Hector. No, that's, that's what she said. <laughs> that's what she said. She was 27. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, we did that. It, it was interesting. It was very interesting. But we were here at the beginning, and she said, Hector, is Hector mad? And I was like, that's the first time my yeah. name came up. And I was like, no, I'm just... Here. I'm here. I want to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But it was uh, like a lot, of, a lot of things that we asked, they were not answered. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. They're it was... also very untrusting. Yeah. They trust you. Well, she obviously has trust with you. But they're not going to trust us. Because I'm going to tell you what happens. As soon as I arrive, they think you're going to get rid of them. Yeah. That's the fear they have. They think that I came in and I'm going to be like, let's trap them in a bottle, throw them outside. That's not what I do. Um, I know how to do that. But that's not what you need here right now. What you need here right now is to attend them. 
If that doesn't work, then we'll go to a different thing. So they're listening because they're always listening. So, yeah, they're around. So they have the opportunity for this situation that I'm giving you to work. Because if it doesn't now, work, we have to do something now, else. Now, do you think that either they're listening and they're getting pissed off? They're not. Because when I came in, it was more chaotic. When I came in... They're just, like scared? No, not scared. What happens is the energy gets very hyper. Like, I don't know how to explain to you. Um... I can tell because my hands get very cold, my heart goes very fast, it's because the energy is everywhere and they all want to talk and they all want to tell me something. So then, now it's calmer. Now it's okay. They're listening. You're not going to kick us out. You're going to give us a position. We're going to try this. That is so true because when you were calling me, I couldn't answer the phone. It would like I could see her call. Well, and the funny he could, thing is, and that I, was I like, texted her earlier, and yeah. I was like, "Hey, I'm on my way." And in my in my mind, I thought I'm not going to go because she didn't respond. So maybe something happened. And then I was at the house, and I said, "No, I am. I'm going to show up, even if she's not there. I'm gonna, I was going to knock on your door and be like, I was supposed to meet Tammy. I don't know what happened, but." Um, I was like, oh, this is like some kind of blockage that they're trying to do. It really was. I know. Like, it was just the weirdest thing. Buy buy scissors. Says Railer scissors. Open them and place them under your bed and her bed and everybody's bed. You know what's funny? We had a pair. We can't find them. Buy four pairs, even at the 99, and place them under everyone's bed. So when you say open them? No, just open them like this. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. So that they're like this. And put them under everyone's bed so you can cut some of that. And what is the reason to... Because that's going to cut some of the energy. Oh, The okay. thing is here, too, you have this man, the woman, the kid. I don't know where the kid is from. We don't either. We he's, don't. he's seen the kid. They're, I see the kid. I'll be sitting in the But sofa. they're like white little kids, right? They're I not, wouldn't know if they're oh, white. They're, well, probably because back in those days... They're white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they're were white. predominantly a white area. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're not <clears throat> Latin. They're white little... Mm-hmm. And the way they're dressed is not from now. Um, so we have the man who's who I think was tall. He gives like a very big presence, like a very looming presence. Like I want to say, I wish we could find a picture of the people who lived here. Um, he, he, they keep showing me a picture of somebody I knew. And that person was blonde and, and very tall um, and was like Greek. The only, this person was Greek. The only picture I have is a daughter that... The family lived here with her, and she graduated and went to USC. Um, No one died from that family here. That's the only picture I could find. But other than Sears, I couldn't find anything else. And then the woman looks like a 1950s housewife. Interesting. Do you remember when they would wear, like, robes to go to bed, and it was very feminine? Yeah. Very, like, Stepford-wise? Yeah. She looks like that. So is that the same one that... That's your Hector. <laughs> That's your girlfriend. That's your Hector. <laughs> I have a real girlfriend, but I have one and the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. That's your Hector. And then you also have the things in your home that are going to stay here because they're part of your family, your dad and whatnot. Yeah. So that's, that's still going to stay here. The thing is that whether you realize it or not, you're a spiritual person. Your mother's a spiritual person. Or you wouldn't even be noticing these things. And they wouldn't be doing things to you. They do them because they know they can get an attention from you. And they want, they're jockeying for position. And then they get bothered that there's new cabinets. They get bothered mm-hmm. that you move the stove from there to over there. They get bothered <clears throat> because they want the house to stay the same. Especially that man who I feel like 
he died some kind of tragic way and yeah. he keeps coming back here. So the one we were talking about. I'm almost positive yeah, that that's, that's the we, person. Yeah, that's what we keep on thinking the same way. Yeah, I'm almost positive that that's the person. No, we know it is. Yeah. <laughs> you, we should find out. His, if you could find out his name, that would be super helpful. Yeah, I wouldn't know where to go. Um, you don't think your neighbor would know? They're okay. gone already. Oh, they're gone. All the neighbors that when we moved in, they're all gone. They're all gone. I think you could find out who lived here. The census? Yeah, in the census. Uh, if you go to the, what is it? Uh... Like, court, like city hall, they should have them. They should have all those records. I think he, I, I'm gonna try to see if I could find out who lived on these on this oh, property on city hall. Deed. Oh, because it says who deeded the property. Your mom's owned this property for thirty years, right? Well, it's actually my brother and me. Oh, your brother and yeah. you? Okay, when they deeded it over to you. Your parents bought the house? No, no, my brother and myself. Okay, so when they deeded it to you, the person who signed the deed. Yeah, but we don't know who the, the son's name is. Oh. Because uh, that was the dad that sold us the house. Oh, the not dad. The, the dad not, was still alive. Yeah. Oh. Maybe we could go off of the dad's name. Maybe. And well, if he was a, a USC alum, then, or he attended. USC or UCLA, I'm not sure. Maybe we could find something Vamos in there. Vamos a intentar darle una posición afuera a estos espíritus para que se queden afuera. The way that spirits associate things for me so that you understand, uh, they show me things from my life or things I've seen so that they can tell me what it looks like. So like like the ballerina, right? Like there's, and I, I knew somebody who passed away who was Greek, who was blonde, very tall, who was a muscular person, sports, and they keep referencing him to me. So that's telling me that the person who's here was tall, white, athletic. athletic. This person was in the the person who I knew was in the military. So they're refer they keep referencing this person to me. So and had a very hard relationship with his father. So that means that the person who passed away and the father had a weird relationship. Yeah, I don't think they got along. I'm not sure if it was because his new wife or because that's just the way. Because to yeah. what I understand, the people that came here, the man was very hard with all the everybody, neighbors. Everybody, everybody. So hard. if he was hard with all the neighbors, I mean that he was hard, hard with his with son. Kids, yeah. And that's all I know. But yeah, I mean. That's what they keep referencing that to me. So that, that has to, that's going to have to be something in their story. The same kind of thing. Like a very, the person who I knew's father was a merchant marine. And he was a very hard man. Mm. So the dad. Was, yeah, the, and then the son was a merchant marine too. So, yeah. but they were very hard. They're very rough. Not like, I love you. Very yeah, rough. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they're telling me. So I think plan A, Hector, is to show them that you want to give them a position and move them out uh, into the front yard. Give them that position. That's plan A. Everybody's here in plan A. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to try plan A. Couple months. You okay. have to let it work. And then if you, if things escalate, definitely message Tammy and I'm willing to help you. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, with plan B. That's not going to be as friendly. But I think we should try plan A. I think so, too. Let's try planning. You've been here a long time. They've been here a long time. And everybody just wants peace.
Well, it looks like plan A is a go. Now, based on everything that Tanya has mentioned and instructed Hector to do, these are just her opinions and her practices. But please, if you are ever in this position, do what suits you best based on your beliefs and your practices, but always remain grounded. Much like Hector's mother, Francisca, who every night before she goes to sleep, she recites the vigils, a practice and prayer that has been passed down from her mother and her mother's mother. Though we still have a long way to go with this case, but we're happy to know that Hector and his family are willing to coexist with whatever is there. There has to be a system. There has to be rules set into place and positions that need to be set. Investigations like this is not what you see on shows or in movies. It does take time. It takes years. And we're willing to put in that time and effort to help Hector and his family. And these are things that go beyond knock once for yes and twice for no, or a give us a sign of your presence. Not only is the house trying to learn how to communicate with us, we're trying to learn how to communicate with it and those that we can't see that are there. And we'll follow this up in part two as we finish this interview with Hector and his family. And we move on to the ESTA sessions conducted in the most active places in Hector's house. But based on everything that we've collected in our interviews with both Hector and his family, the house is certainly haunted and it still has a lot to tell us. We are just barely scratching the surface with this home and we'll continue to scratch that surface in part two of A Haunting in Huntington Park. A huge thank you to Hector and his family. Thank you guys so much for sharing your experiences and your stories and buying us pizza. <laughs> that was amazing. And we hope to see you guys really, really soon. Another huge thank you to Tanya Mercado and Tim Roddy. If you want to follow both of these amazing individuals, you can on social media. You can find Tanya Mercado under at Tanya underscore Ashe. And that's spelled A-S-H-E underscore at Instagram. And you can also follow her store, Ashe Imports, and shop around a lot of amazing pieces and jewelry. I own quite a bit of them and they're amazing. They go with everything. You can also follow Tim Roddy at Tim underscore Roddy and his podcast on Apple Podcasts, the Tim Roddy Podcast. He is currently covering the Beverly Hills Mall hauntings and you have to listen to those stories and listen to the research that he's definitely come up with. Amazing stuff. Okay, if you want to follow Hollywood Paranormal, you can at Hollywood Paranormal on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow me on my TikTok and adventures at Haunted LA Girl on TikTok. Have a ghost story you're dying to share with us? Well, you can send it over our way to hollywoodparanormal at gmail.com for our next Listener's Tales episode. And if you wish to support the podcast, there's several ways you can do so. If you head on over to Apple Podcasts and drop us a five-star rating and write a little positive review, it helps us indie podcasters become a little more visible. And if you want to go above and beyond, you can definitely donate to the podcast at our Patreon page. If 
you follow us on Patreon, we're at www.patreon.com forward slash hollyweirdparanormal. And for as little as $1 or more per month, you can support the podcast. You're also inducted into our secret podcast society of Saturday Night Ghost Club, where we collect ghost stories from our friends and acquaintances and even strangers. If you can't get enough of the Hollyweird podcast, there's an extra side goodie for you on our Patreon page with more ghost stories and they're really good ones. If you want to learn more about Hollyweird Paranormal Podcasts, then head on over to our website at hollyweirdparanormal.com. You'll learn more about me and Bryce, the podcast, and you could get caught up with past episodes. All right, friends, till next time, make sure you take care of each other and yourselves and stay tuned for part two of A Haunting in Huntington Park. It's going to get even more weird with our Estes sessions. I have never seen an Estes session this good before where the answers are just immediately coming one after the other. It's a goodie and it's going to leave you with a lot of goosebumps. All right, friends, till next time, stay safe, stay weird, but most of all, stay Holly weird. <laughs>